BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, Puppy Play with Sir Justin. You can now purchase books by Dan and Don, as well as Kickstarter cards online. Head over to eroticawakening.com and click on the link to buy Dan and Don. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Your hosts, Dan and Don, share their experience and insight on kink, power exchange, erotic life, and all kinds of other stuff. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. How are you this fine morning? I'm okay. So, huh? Sitting in our new, our new, 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 new <laughs> podcast room. Well, we need a name for the new house. Uh, it's kind of, uh, I was thinking kind of castly. It's kind of castly. There's a lot of rooms and hidden it passages. Is. And we've had a variety of people come over and um, like uh, utility people as we were getting set up, mm-hmm. delivering furniture and stuff. And they seem to, they wander around lost for a while. And so we said, no, no, the door's over here. You're fine. <laughs> Well, I had um, lunch with the daughter-in-law yesterday, and she said that during the housewarming, she didn't want to come in to use the bathroom because she needed a guide. <laughs> she was afraid of getting lost. So the uh, the new house is up and running, and uh, it's pretty nice. We're in the basement at the moment where... One of the basements. One of the basements, sorry. Where on the wall is the gift that um, I had put together for your birthday, so it's got all these pictures of you across the years. It's kind of neat because I keep finding new pictures so that I forgot I'd given Bat to put on here. So kind of amazing. And then in the other corner, we have our pile of games that we thought we had a huge amount. But once you actually spread them out onto a shelving unit, the place that's got room, there's not that many there. You would think now that we are moved in, we would actually have a chance to play a game or two. We have not. No, so nothing. We're still uh, busy. Speaking of games, oh, uh, podcast listeners, we need your help. If you know any games that are like uh, that Cards Against Humanity, that would be fun for adults to play, that's easy to just pick up and play, and has kind of an adulty sort of theme to it, then please, por favor, reach out to us as we want to provide some extra games over to the upcoming Beyond the Love Polyamory Summit. So that'd be neat. We're actually going to have like a game room. So, and that's just kind of awesome. So it would be nice to have some that are a little more adult themed without being, without being, having to be naked. Yeah. So like truth or dare or spin the bottle yeah. or something like that may have, or may not work. Have you ever played spin the bottle? You know, I want to say yes, but it must have been traumatic because. <laughs> don't remember. Because <laughs> I don't remember, but it feels like I have. Would you play spin the bottle now? In the right environment, absolutely. Would you play truth or dare with strangers who don't know who you are? Yeah, actually, I would. Do you remember? So we went on a, <laughs> uh, a cruise some time ago. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> and one of the things they did was some kind of an adult party game. Right. Where it was the, there's two teams, and the first team that could come up with such a thing or do such a thing right. uh, would um, win. And they, we ended up uh, winning the prize of a couple bottles of champagne, which we, we don't, don't drink. drink. But how do we win, sir? Well, the funny thing is they kept coming up with these dares that I guess normal everyday people would be like, oh, I don't know, oh, I don't know, where um, you and I were like, well, this is very pedestrian to us. Right. So there was one where uh, somehow I had to wear your underwear on my we head. We had to switch. Well, no, we had to switch clothes. Yeah. So you and I like. Totally stripped, and I got your boxers awarded. I can't get your shorts up yeah. past my knees, and I'm waddling to because you have to run up to the person. Once you have it done, you do it in like the middle of the room, and then you have to run up to the person and the first person to get to that yeah. person that did the dare. So, yeah, so you were wearing my clothes, and I was attempting to wear yours, and it was kind of like naked butt waddling across the room, and it shocked people. There was uh, one dare where it was the first team where two guys would kiss were you know would get the points right. and uh, our team would not you could not get any of the guys to kiss you no i even showed them the hand over the mouth between our lips trick right. and they're like oh that's so gay right i was like dude 
It's for it's a, some random prize from some strangers. Come on, <laughs> where's your... Uh, so. Stand up for the honor of our team. Yeah, so... <laughs> and funny thing is, I heard somebody say, and I can't recall who it is. Oh, I know, I do remember who it is. Master Eric was saying that um, he got kissed by a guy at GLLA. <laughs> And immediately I knew who that was because Master Eric, uh, the Master Eric we're talking about at least identifies as straight. But as soon as he said, oh, I got kissed by a guy here, I said, oh, I know who that is. Because it's the same one that kissed you. Funny thing is, I remember years ago, the first time that that particular person, Gabriel is his mm-hmm. name, kissed me. I, would, I said, oh, my God, this, this guy just walked up to me, this bear just walked up and kissed me on the mouth. I don't know what the hell that was about. So this year, um, I saw him and... You know, like, you know, I was like, oh, boy, here he's going to want his kiss again. And when I saw him, I hugged him. He moved his, his face away. He said, oh, I've got a cold. I'm not kissing anybody. And I'm like, oh, man. What the fuck? <laughs> Your yearly man kiss. I know, my it. yearly man kiss. <laughs> so he's a sweet guy. I like him so much. So We did just come back from the GLLA, Great Lakes mm-hmm. Leather Alliance. As always, I say to people, if you've only gone to kink events... Um, you should go to a leather event once, at least once in your life, just to get a feel for how it's different. Uh, and the community there is somewhat different. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. here's one of the differences that at oh, least absolutely. what we believe is a difference. We had on the way there, we had car trouble. I posted, and we par- talked about this on the last episode, that we had a, our car decided to eat a carpet <laughs> and could not expel it from the other end correctly. <laughs> anyway, we posted that on the way to um, GLLA. And in the GLLA group, and when we, by the time we got there, we had plenty of people not just offering advice, but we actually had somebody who uh, took the car and slave bat to their house where they had the right tools and took the wheel off and fixed it all up and all that jazz. And um, it's, just, it's just the community feeling that you get mm-hmm. out of uh, the leather events that you may or may not find in the kink events. We've never had a car breakdown on the way to a kink event. No. You know what? I li- that's a lie. It's a lie. I can remember one time way back at the beginning. Yeah. We had our car um, stuck in a ditch. We just needed some people to help push it out. And people were like, oh, I don't want to go out there. It's, it, might, it, get my, it might get water on my shoes or something. Right. Or whatever so we, had to, we had to call a tow truck. Indeed. So. That was not pleasant at all. I don't know. It would be the same now. We've got a lot of. A lot of cool people in the kink community. Oh, absolutely. But, absolutely. But it does feel like one of the differences. So, But that was an amazing event. So I'm still coming down from still coming down from the scene that you bought for us. So you bought someone at the, at the auction. I did. So you bought a top for me and Slave Bat. And uh, still coming down from that a little bit. So I don't think that's why my thighs are sore. I think my thighs are sore from jogging. It's funny but that my you... my butt's still sore. The... Um, <laughs> You get, I bought the person uh, in the – so they have these live auctions where you can buy people to play with, uh, which is just for fun and for charity. Right. Uh, because you can also walk up to people and ask to play with them. Exactly. Just as easy. I, well, that's what she said. She's like, and you paid for this? <laughs> so she's like, I would have done this for free. I'm like, that's okay. We'll buy you next year too. <laughs> so we, um, so I bought this person via the live auction, and for, as you mentioned, to play with you and Slave Bat. And I went to bed. Right. As you guys went to go do your scene. And after you told me about it, I was like, damn, I should have stayed up for that one. That was a very interesting sounding scene. It was. And it's about the energy. It's about uh, how people play from an energetic perspective mm-hmm. uh, that is whether it's interesting to me or not. And it sounds she, like that one was quite there. She was very gracious. I mm. really liked it. She was very gracious. Absolutely. That's the word. She has written me since then via Fet. Oh, really? And, uh, nice. thanked me for allowing her to play with you guys. And yeah, very gracious. That's a great word. So the way she started the scene was by holding each of us. She did it with you know each of us separately and held our hands and thanked us for the opportunity. And she was just very mellow and sweet while she was doing this and connecting that energy. She did not stay that way. It, the scene absolutely <laughs> did not stay mellow and sweet. But as a person, you know, and then at the end, same thing, you know, the whole namaste. Very cool. Of, yeah. So that was pretty amazing. So that was the GLLA new hotel worked out well for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did, as we were at GLLA, we did an interview with Sir Justin, which we will be talking about Sir Justin uh, shortly. He is a uh, title holder many times over, but currently on the puppy and trainer 
or nice. puppy and handler track, mm-hmm. which we didn't know a whole lot about. And I'm still not sure we know a lot about, but we sure know a lot more about it. Really interesting and very good educator, very entertaining speaker as well. I loved the uh, the interview. There was actually pieces of it that had me very interested in what he was talking about, and some that had me very wet. So, <laughs> so I still scratches. Is that what that word scritches. was? Scratches, scratches yes. behind the ear, the little scratches. So that's cool. <laughs> so that was a really good, really good interview. Before we do get into that, uh, we really don't have a tremendous a lot to talk about Mm-mm. before that. So you'll be hearing that pretty quickly. I do want to mention that we do have. Uh, somebody, a blogger in their blog, thepagist.com, uh, did a little interview on the Erotic Awakening podcast. That was very kind of them. I appreciate that. That is, um, and they go by the name The Pagist. So that is going to be their. I actually got to read that just a second ago, and that was kind of neat. You had on here on the notes, they thought we were young. And I was like, okay, well, I got to go check that out. So I went and checked out the link. And yeah, they, they just found the podcast and thought we were really young and were surprised to hear we've been in this for 16 years and that we had to go pick up a kid. And they thought we were getting ready to go pick up somebody from like preschool and we were, <laughs> but it was our granddaughter. Right. <laughs> so they were very surprised. And it's just kind of neat because I just had lunch with the uh, daughter-in-law yesterday and she was surprised to find out my age. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm looking down the barrel of 50 myself. And she's like, no, you're not. I'm like, you've known me for years. You know how old I am. And she's like, well, you do very young things. And this blog just said the same thing, that the lifestyle must be keeping us young or we just enjoy what we're doing. And I think that's a combination. I think that's what's going on. We've decided to eat the orange. I mean, hell, I just went on an OK Cupid date last night for the first time. Isn't that random, weird? Kind of random, <laughs> random for you, right? kind of thing. But it was all about eating the orange, tasting what's out there and not just guessing at it and regretting not doing things yeah absolutely and that's one of the things that we always go back to um one and you don't know where these things are going to go um about a year ago i had a somebody in our community wanted to go out on a date and they're kind of known as a brat and i don't do brats right right? that's just not my thing right and um it's very much eat the orange you know that that's gone um it's, you know, I had no clue. I could have told you a year ago, here's what I expect. Mm-hmm. I would have been off. And if the fact that it's lasted more than six months, um, all kinds of little things like that. Like, so for example, I wear my little orange bandana right. at events, which says anything, anytime, anywhere. So I learned something new about the orange bandana, Uh-oh. by the way. What'd you learn? Were you even there? I don't know. When uh, Sir Ziggy, or Slave Ziggy, sorry, <laughs> Slave Ziggy stole my bandana. No. What? Oh, I was there for part of it, but someone okay, else so had my attention. So, oh, that was during Arcane's birthday party. Yes. So, wasn't uh, it? Okay. Arcane has also joined the fifty-year-old club, <laughs> uh, which, by the way, fifty, by the way, so far rocks. Get off my lawn. Anyway, <laughs> um, so according to Slave Ziggy, I had not seen this before. So, I had my purple, my orange bandana. Now, in the leather community or leather culture, the orange bandana says, "I am available to do anything, anytime, anywhere." Um, if it's worn on your left, that means you want a top for anything, anywhere, anytime. So if somebody's interested in playing, they see an orange bandana. It doesn't matter what they're interested in. They'll say, oh, I can go talk to this person. They, they will at least talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, by the way, so far, I've not had anyone come up to me and say, this is the kind of scene I want, Mr. Orange Bandana. But Slave Ziggy comes over and takes the orange bandana and says, I challenge to this orange bandana. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. And apparently... At least according to Slave Ziggy, the deal is if they are going to propose something to you, and if it's, you're not willing to do it, you, they get to keep the bandana. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's the, the whole uh, challenge for the... <clears throat> that's a mute button. <laughs> um, that's the whole challenge for the orange bandana. Is like, so Slave Ziggy takes the bandana and says, okay, I'm going to challenge you. If you don't do this thing, I get to keep the bandana. And I'm like, oh, wow, I've not heard that before. I have not either. I followed that up with, all right, bring it on. Uh-huh. And Slave Ziggy's like rubbing uh, his hands together, said, all right. Um, and then, wait a minute, you're wearing it on the left, which means you're going to top. I was like, yeah, this is a win-win for me. Right. You come up with something I'm not willing to top for that I'm going to do to you. 
Right. Because, you know, you're playing with fire. If I say, yeah, I'm willing to do that, then suddenly they've, you know, they've negotiated a scene. Right. So uh, Slave Ziggy just gave me my bandana back. <laughs> that's what was going on. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So nice, nice, nice. So that's good to know. We may have to, um, I'm going to have to go buy you a supply of orange bandanas <laughs> just in case you get challenged again. So, but uh, I think as a top that you would take up most challenges. There's a few <clears> things <throat> I can see you not doing. So, but maybe trying. I mean, there's, there's a few things. I mean, I don't see you doing blood play or scat play or something extreme like that. Well, first but off, there's... look, you're, you're, you're going to make people take my bayonetta by giving them this, this oh, uh, information. <laughs> sorry, right? sorry. But if somebody were to come up to me, I mean, really, the, the trick is... If you wanted to, if you came up to me and said, hey, Mr. Orange Bandana, um, I want to do a scat scene mm-hmm. with you. Now, first off, the Orange Bandana does not mean that I am consenting to right. everything. Right. Just says that I'm open to the talking about it. And really, the, the thing is that I want to, to be pushed to do new things. Mm-hmm. The um, trick is that you've got to be willing to do scat play if that's what you're asking for, right? Right. So if somebody came up to yeah, I would have to hand over my bandana, I think. Yeah, for that one. Although, here's what I would do, though. I would be willing to put a blindfold on somebody mm-hmm. and grab me some... Um, I'd have to cover their nose up, too, for it to work. Right. And grab a pudding cup. That's what I was thinking, pudding. Ew, pudding and peanut butter. Ew. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 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 To all of our scat playing friends out there in the audience, we apologize, but yuck. The pudding peanut butter trick. Okay, good. Let's move With the, the fuck on. With the peanuts in it. Of course, yes. Otherwise, why would it be crusty? Uh, I do hear... Oh, good. Just just in time to save us. Um, here we are in the poly... Um, we haven't come up with the name of the house, but I see the... Huh? Oh, the nest is also good. Hi, Karen. Hi. So Karen's getting ready to leave for work, and she just kind of walks into our podcast studio and says, oh, Invited. Oh, yes. So give me a kiss. Anything you want to say to our listeners? Hi. <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about rubbing shit into people's hair. We and were. Uh, Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, so thank gosh that broke that up. You're going to drop her off, right? Yes, I'll be dropping the dog off. Okay. Ginger the Polly podcasting dog. It's weird to have a podcast studio in your house and having to do the day-to-day. It is. Uh, where were we, sweetie pies? So, oh, let's move on from the orange handkerchief. Anyway. So we do have some new subscribers. Thank God. So we have new subscribers. We forgot to mention um, the couple from last time, but we do have a few more. So we have B, who did not give us a location, so they could be from Mars. Could be. Absolutely. <laughs> so we've gone interstellar. We're going to assume, B, that is the case for you. Uh, that <laughs> we just saw The Martian. Yes. And um, I have not posted the review of that yet to our other podcast. Did it turn out okay? I haven't listened okay. to it at all yet. But we'll assume that B is from Mars. All right. Uh, Organic Storm is from Columbus, though, here in, in the central Ohio. And we have Slave Sweet Cakes from Colorado. And Sig Sour, also from Columbus. So we've got a couple of locals and an interstellar. and <laughs> So, hey, locals, uh, I don't know if we've met or not. I don't know, recognize this. Organic Storm certainly is a familiar-sounding name. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to go look. And Sig Sour, I've not heard that name before. Yeah, me but neither. It'd be funny if it's, it's Phil. And we're like, oh, fucking Phil. I knew it was you, <laughs> Phil. Jesus. Yeah, we don't always recognize the the FET names, so since we run the room, we end up learning people's real names, but which is closing at the end of this month. Yes, and we'll have to... room is closing, i got to pick a note to talk about that, I guess. Absolutely. Um, One of the things we did not do when we were at the GLLA was open up the toy bag. We did not, so that was kind of weird. I opened it long enough to get out my aftercare blanket for playing with the person that you bought. So, and that was it. Erotic Weekending is sponsored in part by KJ Canes, home of the original designer, glow-in-the-dark, and light-up canes. It's where art and pleasure come together to suit your unique style. They have the biggest selection of canes on the net. And it's more than canes. Check out the brand new KJCanes.com for a great selection of hand-poured, low-temp paraffin and soy wax candles, as well as all the basics such as gags, collars, fetish jewelry, nipple clamps, whips, floggers, paddles, vibes, and more. EA listeners get 10% off orders of $25 or more with discount code DANDON15. Head over to kjcanes.com. Check out the new site. Buy some stuff. Awesome, awesome. I'm actually glad. 
also the person that bought us wanted us to bring some personal toys if we mm-hmm. had some special stuff we wanted to play with. Mm-hmm. And people had been trying to scare us about this person. So I did not grab the canes. <laughs> I thought about it, and then I was glad I didn't. Probably She not. did very well with her fist, her boot, her knee, her teeth. <laughs> Probably just as well, then. Yeah. So that is just about it. Got through another episode. Uh, I will let's see, just glancing through here. Nope, I think the rest of it will wait till next week. Awesome. Coming up next, a fantastic interview with Sir Justin on puppy play. And uh, you may not be interested in the puppy play, but go. You really should. I, I thought that this. I'm not, I didn't think I was interested in puppy play. But I was in one class, I got called out for work, I didn't want to walk back into that class, I walked in that class instead. And as I mentioned, Sir Justin, very good entertainer, very good mm-hmm. educator, and I got a lot out of that class. Good, good. I, I found it very interesting, so I think it's a good, good interview. Well, let's see if you find it interesting. <laughs> Comfortable. <laughs> So, Dawn, here we are sitting at Great Lakes Leather Alliance. Uh, we are in a back corner. I happened to go to a class earlier on puppy play. This is something that, with the exception of our friend Argos, I know nothing about. Right. And uh, I was so impressed with the class that I asked the person who was teaching it, so Justin, to join us on the podcast today. I have, as you can see, I've got literally 20 you do. questions. Wow, so you've got a lot of questions. This is, gonna, so this is not going to be The question I had, I found out I can't ask. What was that? Because he's the handler. What's it like to wear a tail? So uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. <laughs> so, uh, so Justin, first off, thank you for being on the podcast. My understanding is that you are a currently a title holder. Is that right? Correct. I'm international puppin trainers trainer because there's pup as well. Uh, 2014-15. Okay. So is the is the international puppy trainer track similar to like the master slave track? There's Local than regions and very similar. It's a little bit smaller. The regions are really being developed right now, so people can uh, they can run at the international level without necessarily having a regional title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're working toward having the local feed into the regional, regional and international. Nice, okay. nice. So is that what the contest was here last night? A regional? Correct. Correct. Okay. This is the first Great Lakes Pup and Trainer, and it will feed in next year. Nice. Okay. Now, so let me start off here. What is a puppy? Uh, puppy is simply a headspace. Uh, okay. like, like any other uh, uh, kinks, and, and I lean toward the sub because a lot of kinks lean toward that subby feeling, uh, just as you know, someone who's into fisting or flogging gets in mm. that headspace and that feeling and that momentum that takes them away. Puppy is very much the same thing. Uh, these are people who say uh, they... they feel almost like a spirit animal. The furries do the same thing where they they feel they, they have a puppy, a, a persona of their own. It takes them into this headspace where they can let go of the here and now, let go of people, let go of bills and work and all of that, and run around and just enjoy themselves. Okay. So it, fun. is it more, would you say then it's, would you define it more as a kink or a lifestyle? That probably depends on on how you define them. I, I don't think it's possible to be a 24-7 puppy, as in running around on all fours, drinking out of bowls, not speaking. However, I, I think that that puppy persona, because it's a headspace, I think part of it's there all the time for a lot of people. Uh, I, I've heard people you know, bark in everyday conversation simply <laughs> because that's how they respond. It's a part of who they are. Okay. So would it be equitable, and I'm trying to wrap my head around it still, sure. does, it kind of reminds me in a way of the uh, daddy boy or daddy girl, where it's not something if you're in walking through Walmart anybody recognizes, but when you're in an appropriate space, you let that part of yourself out? Very much so. And, and not that it doesn't come out in public every now and then, because I've certainly seen it. Um, people don't understand it, but I've certainly seen it. But it is. There's this uh, sort of a DS dynamic most of the time, not always, that is present all the time. It's just more appropriate made you know, in the house versus at Walmart. And you, you're you not going to throw a tennis ball down the Walmart aisle and have them chase it. Okay, I'm not saying I haven't, haven't. done that. <laughs> <laughs> squeak toys are fun. Two aisles away, squeak them, see what happens. Yeah. The little kids look funny. Parents run away. But, um, <laughs> but really, that's not what it's about. 
Right. You mentioned in your class that you're talking about obedience. I understand obedience in a power exchange master-slave. I understand obedience that I expect from my bio dog. So what is obedience when you talk about that with a handler and a pup? And I'm actually really glad you asked that question. We had a really good discussion about this, that there is a difference in the types of DS relationships when you talk about obedience. Okay. You know, there are the, the more highly protocoled that obedience is, you're going to do this at this time. This is the expectation. Um, with the pups, often it's a little more situational, uh, just like a bio dog. And the example we gave is, you know, you take a bio dog out to a uh, out to a puppy park, and they're running around and they're having a good time and they're having all of that energy. The expectation of what happens there is a little bit different than if you're in uh, the bar versus whether you're at home even. So while it may be a 24-7 lifestyle for a lot, obedience sort of changes situationally. Okay. okay, so you wouldn't like expect as much obedience if they're totally distracted in like a puppy park. And I think that's the beauty of yeah. puppies. I, I had boys that came from a very uh, highly protocol background, and I love my boys. I love they walk into the bar, they're going to be two steps behind me, they're not going to speak until spoken to, they're going to know my glasses two inches from the bottom, they're going to ask if I would like another. Uh, there's a place for that protocol, and some puppies enjoy that protocol. But protocol is not every puppy's kink. That's mm -hmm. not really what they enjoy. So a lot of us really sort of like that unknown. Not that there's not a threshold of you just crossed a line, knock it off, but where it's a little more playful and a little more uh, organic. So is, are puppies by, or in general, I don't know, submissive to their handlers even when there's no puppy gear, no puppy place? Puppies fuck everything up. Can I, can I say that word <laughs> yes, in here? Okay. Well, fuck yes. Uh, okay, yes, good. Because um, a, a lot of DS uh, background, the, the leather world, the MS world, all of these things are very used to high protocol. ABC, 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 right. ABC. Puppies really mess that up because okay. puppies are, okay, I'm a submissive puppy and this is my sir, which looks like a lot of other DS relationships. I'm in that relationship, possibly even a locked collar, these things. But then a puppy will also say, but I'm part of a pack and this is my alpha. And so I'm also sort of in a DS relationship with them when we're together. And then I've got another puppy that looks up to me as their alpha. So I'm okay. sort of the dominant in that relationship. So it is, it, it's extremely organic. The only way I can really describe it comfortably is it's familial. It is much more of a family concept okay. than it is, you know, one person or two people and, and that's the relationship. It, it's this organic group of people that are together and, and there are those that are definitely always dominant, but there are a lot of switches in there. Uh, it, it moves around. That's honestly the draw to me, that it's not so black and white on everything. Okay. Um, couple terminology things. Sure. Treat. Treat. Puppies love treats. I love treats. Can I get Everybody a puppy? loves <laughs> treats. All right. So, so what's, the, what's the last treat you gave your puppy? Uh, the last, I typically use gummy bears. Um, mm. I use gummy bears for specific reasons, <laughs> and that is I go to a lot of mashes, I go to a lot of events where there are a lot of puppies. If anyone didn't know, puppies are going to overtake the world in the next couple of years. <laughs> and um, puppies, people, because they're humans, they have allergies. Right. There could be peanut oil allergies, there could be honey allergies, there could be gluten problems. Mm -hmm. So we've tried the biscuits and you know all sure, of that sure. sort of thing. And then there's always the, here's a puppy in headspace that is really not paying attention to what you're doing. You're patting him, here a treat. So I've elected to go with gummies most of the time because they're a little, if I can, you know, bastardize the term hypoallergenic. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, treat. So that's treat. Kishes? Keeches? Scritches. 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 Yes. Oh, scritches. Scritches are scritches. what every puppy loves. Um, boys love them too. People like them. Uh, little nail behind the ear, you know, soft scritching. And, and you will know right now whether somebody is a puppy because they will generally turn into a sploosh in your hands. Sometimes hit the floor. If you're sitting down, they're going to be on your lap with their head to get more. Okay. They are scritches. scritches? I want yeah. scritches and treats. Oh, that might be nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned mosh. Yes. 
What is a mosh? Um, often a group of pups get together, and it's much like the biological dog park. Okay. We're going to get together. We're going to throw some mats down on the floor because we want to protect the puppies. Our human parts aren't exactly built like dog parts. Um, so we try to get them sometimes some mitts and some knee pads as well. But we try to, uh, to pad the ground underneath them with, with some mats. Uh, and they literally just play. Fucking roll they, and play. They and roll. And... They they hump everything that looks like a leg. They, I like that too. They wrestle. <laughs> uh, sometimes there's squeaky toys you play with with them. It it is literally the leather equivalent of a of a biological dog park. Okay, very cool. Um, are there show dogs? Are there different kinds of dogs? And I think I think the answer is yes. It, it, the, the answer is yes. Uh, it, this is very much a headspace kink. So there are some dogs who identify as uh, an older dog on a lap dog. I like to sit on the couch and watch movies with a head in the lap and get ear scritches, and that's everything I want out of life. Okay. And then there are other dogs that are very service-oriented. I want to be the, the service dog. There are guard dogs. I'm going to walk Ooh. around. I'm going to protect. That's my sir, and somebody that I don't know is approaching him. I'm going to get between them. I do that anyway. And, exactly. <laughs> and, and then beyond that, there are... Uh, I didn't really bring him here. Sign right here. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and then there are the show dogs, and those are are more what we're seeing a lot of this weekend because there's a contest. Those are the ones who have oh. said, "I would like to get up, and I'd like a big shiny collar that I can show everybody." Here it is, and and anybody who has been to one of these type of contests, we actually have a dog show. We literally have a handler stack a dog, and, and they do some tricks for the audience, and we march them around, and nice. and we see whether or not they are true show dogs. That's yeah. why I'm seeing so many tails this weekend. I yes. love all the puppies that are dressed up. So. Yes. And there is, a, there is some puppy gear. I, we've seen tails. Yes. We've seen... Um, Hand thing. There are mitts. There are, and and I all. Whenever I talk about gear, I like to preface it that the puppy makes the gear. The gear doesn't make the puppy. Okay. Okay. I know a lot of puppies who are not interested in gear. That puppy is headspace. For other puppies, they like the gear. Yeah. There are a, there are so many different types of hoods right now. I can't even count them. Originally, they were all pretty. A lot of them, they were like the the bondage hoods uh, with with a snout on there. Now they've sort of moved on. They have some made of neoprene instead of leather that move around a little more freely. Some of them now have mouths open so they can drink or they can <laughs> talk while they keep them on. Because for a lot of them, and it was described perfectly by a puppy this morning, they put their hood on and there's something about looking out and seeing that snout in front of them that just makes them oh. feel more puppy-like. Okay. Uh, so the hood is probably the most easily recognizable. The other is probably the tail. The tail. Uh, for a lot of years, uh, tails were almost exclusively insertable, plugs, um, yeah. and, and that was a, a lot of fun. The problem is after a couple of hours, anyone that's ever had a butt plug in for an extended period of time, that gets a little uncomfortable. It gets hit. And people don't realize that it where it is and they give it a tug for fun oh, yay. that doesn't always end well <laughs> yeah. right. so like in an event like this most of what you're seeing are show tails mm -hmm. where it's actually sort of has a harness around the pelvis so the tail can be there but it's not intrusive right. at all those are the two big ones that you see often there are mitts there are knee pads there are other things that go on top of them those are probably the biggest okay. very cool now, it makes really sense because I can see it shifting the headspace. I mean like yeah. e even if I do something magical or whatever I'm putting on my cloak. I'm putting on my whatever, you know, and it just shifts it. It sets that intent that you're shifting. And a lot of what the hood does to a lot of people, and this is very common in the furry community as well, once that hood is put on, their their human persona is gone. Yeah. A, a pup could walk up to me with their hood on that I know very well. And if I don't recognize the hood, I don't know who that right. is. So this is no longer Chris or Bill or Joe or whoever it is. This is now a puppy that is introducing themselves to me. And not only do they feel different... I treat them differently yeah. because now I see puppy instead of seeing a, a human who is, oh, wait, now I'm seeing puppy characteristics. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Huh. The, um, so that leads me into an interesting question. So, so we've gone, here's the nice fluffy questions. Now we've got to get down a little. Got to right. get down a little to it. Do you ever fuck your puppy? Yes. So while they're in puppy space? Yes. Now that is, that is very much a, uh, a, personal, uh, a personal thing. It is with a lot of kinks and a lot of play scenes. 
I identify as homosexual. Mm -hmm. That's the way I identify. But if I'm in a play scene, I have no problem playing with puppies of either gender because it's not about sex. Okay. I can flog somebody of either sex. If they're having a good time because they like to be flogged, I'm having a good time because I'm doing the flogging. It is very pan... Because it's not sexual, it's, it's play space. Right. Right. So some puppies, that's what it is for them. It's their, it's just their play space, but it's not sexual at all. Some puppies, some handlers, like to take it a little bit further. Uh, I puppy for a long time who liked to bark right as he would orgasm. And he would bark louder and louder and louder. And honestly, that sort of got me off. That okay. was exciting because it was like that. Some people uh, are uncomfortable with that. They, they have... Thoughts of bestiality uh -huh. somewhere back in their head, which, of course, this is not a gateway to, just like uh, MS is not a, a gateway to abuse. Um, okay. it, it, it's the same thing. Uh, some puppies just aren't comfortable, or it's just not sexual to them. I love to flog, but flogging is not sexual to me. It's not going to arouse me in the slightest bit, because that's not a sexual kink to me. It's just something I like to do. Mm-hmm. Is now you said that you had, and that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dawn and I have gone through the, the travel with the whole the daddy little girl, mm -hmm. and whether you there's the cult, the, the side of it that they make it sexual, there's people that don't make right. it sexual. And um, again, I agree with you, it's not a, necessarily a gateway into another type of behavior. Right. So, you said that you did last year. During, or during your title year, 47 weekend events. We did 47 weekend events. A, you're fucking crazy. B. And broke. I was going to say, that's broke. broke, right? <laughs> yes. right? <laughs> How many of those events were um, leather and or gay themed events? Probably, if you, if you put leather and gay themed events together, probably 45 of them. Yeah. Um, if you separate it out, not necessarily. I, I am I'm a huge fan of the person of leather scene right mm -hmm. now. I, I love the getting away from this has to be a gay thing mm -hmm. or this has to be a straight thing into this is just a, a great big overarching umbrella of BDSM kink, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I did a lot of those type of events this year. Uh, definitely did the leather events where you know Great Lakes Leather Association sure, sure. were doing that. Um, I, I think that it's hard to differentiate sometimes because leather has become an umbrella term that we just sort of throw things into. Mm -hmm. We throw rubber in there, we throw kink in there, we throw MS in there, uh, and we throw puppies in there. What I think each one of them sort of has their own identity away from leather, we just don't know what else to call it. Mm -hmm. So when you say leather events, yeah, probably almost... All of them were leather-type events. Uh, a lot of them were gay-themed. But Puppy, which kind of started in, a, in, the, in the modern puppy movement, in the modern puppy movement, it definitely started as this younger gay thing. Right. It's really not anymore. Uh, I go to moshes where a large proportion are women, uh, gay or straight, uh, I transgender. Uh, in Chicago Puppy Patrol, we have a couple of straight guys. Uh, and that sort of messes with the dynamic that we all thought it was. Uh -huh. And that makes me happy. Uh, one of the things that drew me to Puppy to begin with is the fact that they're so inclusive. That it's not about gay, straight, pretty, skinny. You know, it's not about any of those things. It's about the headspace. So what's on the outside doesn't matter as much. And I see this as such an amazing, inclusive group because of that. Okay. So I hear your words, and I'm hearing what you're saying. And from the National Association of People that want to say the right thing, I believe you. <laughs> Are you telling me that Hetro Dan, who's not a particularly good-looking fellow, can go oh, to... I think so. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> biased. <laughs> can go to a random mosh and say, oh, look, there's some hetero guy, but he is equally accepted amongst the rest of us because it's got nothing to do with who's gay, who's leather, who's what, who's why. Absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. What, one of the contestants this weekend, which is part of our Chicago Puppy Patrol, is straight, mm -hmm. and his handler that is here with him is his girlfriend. Okay. And, and nobody gives that a second thought. Now, Within that, there's a smaller concept of going back to, to some people, puppy is sexual. Mm -hmm. So on that dynamic level, there's going to be a little different chain, you know, different right. thing there. But on the big overarching, we're here to have fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I see so many, so many uh, 
uh, ladies in, in moshes, and at first I used to think, you know, I think these puppies aren't accepting them because they sort of, mm-hmm. you know, don't play with them. And it took me a long time to realize that the problem was they were afraid of hurting them. It's like, oh, oh. I'm this, you know, here's this 100-pound soaking wet girl, until the girls start tackling them and romping around and kicking their asses. Uh-huh. And now, once that happens once or twice, it, it's okay. fair game, especially with a hood on. The, the fact of the matter is, if there's a hood on and you don't know who that person is, depending on the other gear, you might not even know if that is a girl or a guy or you know cisgender, transgender. You don't know, and no one cares. Right. What is a, a proper... A proper um, way to interact with a puppy because we're used to, and we talked a little bit about this before. Yep. If I meet somebody, we're all about, you know, we have to build this level of consent. Am I allowed to do this? Am I not allowed to do that? But when somebody rolls up in puppy's face, am I supposed to like take the hood off and say, hey, I want to scratch you behind the ear? Is that cool? Or? Well, and consent becomes a question because of things like that. Puppies like to get scratched. Mm-hmm. All right, so in a normal, you know, a DS relationship, here's somebody with a collar on and that collar is locked and we're used to the respectful, oh, sir, may I hug your slave? May yes. I hug your boy? May I, um, because we're used to that level of consent. With puppies, it's a little more fluid than that. There's definitely some ownership there and there's definitely lines that aren't going to be crossed. Oh, I'm sorry, I accidentally fucked him without asking. Is <laughs> But that's what I do whenever I see a stray dog. <laughs> don't we all, right? <laughs> Which is very different than the scritching and, and things like that. That's a part of their kink. That's a display of their kink. Uh, I associate it with somebody who is uh, an exhibitionist. All right, so somebody's out there getting pounded by their sir in the back room of a bar because they're an exhibitionist. I don't have to ask consent to watch. Fair, Because okay. that's... Now, if I'm going to touch, that's a different thing. Puppies are like that, and not, not necessarily the touching, but part of their kink is the scritching and the walking up and wanting to be cuddled and wanting to do all of those things. And so there's a certain level of consent that's understood, but like a bio dog... If I reach my hand toward a bio dog and that bio dog takes a step back right. or, or takes a threatening stance, just a little growl or something like that, that's pretty much letting us know that consent is not given right. at this point. And the puppies know where that, where that line is. We just have to pay attention. Okay, fair enough. Why do, you th- do you have any theory or do you have any interaction with in the, um, if we went to, and it, there's a, or maybe, first off, do you agree that there's a clear distinction between a kink event and a leather event? Yes. Okay, so for example, if we compare Great Lakes Leather Lines Weekend with Kinky College, one's not better than the other. And this, I picked that because it's Chicago, right? right? One's not better than the other, one's not right, one's not wrong, but certainly KK nowadays is a kink event, right? and GLLA is a leather event. Absolutely. Why do you think it is then that, as we see many things start in the leather side of the world and they make their way into the kink culture, but... Puppies are very rare in kinkland still so far. Like you said, you were asked to present at 47 events. 45 of those were kink or leather, or were right. leather or gay, Leather-ish. right? Right. So why do you think that there's not more puppies in kinkland? I think there are, but it's displayed differently. Okay. All right. I'm now. I'm going to switch gears and say now, if we look at puppy as an um, as the umbrella instead of leather. So okay. here's puppydom. Puppy is a headspace. Within that headspace, there are still puppies who like all of the other kinks that fall into leather or, you know, whatever it may be. There are those that like to be flogged. There are those that like to be fisted. There are those that like to, you name the kink, there it is. Piss on me, piss in me, you know, all of this. So a lot of times at those kink events, people are, are choosing the kink that they want to be displayed right now. They want it. That's what they want. It's just like flagging. I can flag 16 different colors. Mm-hmm. When I go out, I say, wow, here are the two things I'm sort of looking for tonight. And those are the two hankies that I stick in my pocket. Right. I think it's a, very much the same way. Puppies go to a lot of these events, but puppy is not their main kink as they go out. 
to those events. They're going out because, woohoo, we're having a fisting party, <laughs> and I'm in a fisting mood, so we're going to go out, and tonight we're playing fisting party. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Where are these fisting parties? I have not heard of this. Uh, no, I'm sorry, come on. Anyway, we'll talk about they, that. They, they exist. They exist all over okay, the place. Right. Uh, Crisco Isle, um, Walmart. Um, <laughs> it's by the puppy aisle where we're throwing. Yeah, yeah we're, we're distracting everyone from the Crisco Isle. Um, and, and that's why I think they're not displaying themselves as, uh-huh. as well. The other thing is, puppy is a is a different kind of kink. And what I mean by that is, fisting is very much between two people. I'm doing something internally to you. While you may be moaning or things that are escaping from you, hopefully it's only moaning that's escaping from you. <laughs> um, it's there's that intimate level of this is who's involved in the kink. If I am flogging someone, I have a flogger in a hand, and my flogger is striking someone, and that's a very intimate one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Puppy kink is is much more pack oriented. Puppies are barking and they're running around and they're playing and they're doing all of these things, and that is distracting to a lot of people who are yes. in that focused one-on-one yes. kink. Yes, that makes sense, yeah. So puppies have sort of not been welcomed into some of those kink-type events. Mm-hmm. So the puppies that do go are suppressing that side mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and and I give them kudos for that. Um, there are certain things, and we discussed this in the class today, that uh, that trigger other people or break other people out of their headspace. And sometimes we have to say that needs to sit in the back burner for right now because it's just not the time and the place for it. Okay. Where a lot more of the leather events are very social. They're bigger. There's, there's things going on that are not one-on-one sex right. all the time. Hmm. That's that my opinion. Sense. No, I think I, that's, I like that's that, very yeah. insightful. Yeah. Um, Mm, no, I'm just thinking about all of that because it makes makes sense. And I will say that we are very fortunate in Columbus, Ohio. We have uh, events put on by um, a group called Adventures in Sexuality, where they have started to create a little a pet play space. And you can tell it's that we're not quite sure what to do with it yet. But and but you're right. I, I do find that. You know, if I'm in the middle of the dungeon doing a scene and a puppy goes barking by, it's like, hey, what the fuck? I'm in the middle of having, you know. And, and that's exactly mm-hmm. it. And, and the unfortunate thing is the thing we need to be careful of is for a while puppies would feel like they were being outcasts because of it or, or, what, or what have you. And some, and some leathermen and kinksters and traditional protocols sort of felt like they were just running amok and nobody was paying attention mm-hmm. because there's just a misunderstanding about how their kink is displayed. And I'm, I'm glad to see that people are starting to recognize that there's a time and a place for this, this is it, this isn't it, on both sides of the argument. Right. right, yeah, because it can come across as a little chaotic. So it, when you've got absolutely. the one-on-one stomach coming, you know, going on, and then something chaotic goes by, it, it can be, yeah, a little nerve-wracking. I'm thinking of the kitty cats that, you know, even the kitty cats that run by sometimes. Yes. You know, no, no, I'm, dogs I'm, and, I'm totally picturing uh, a pack of uh, dogs going through the dungeon. <laughs> then all the littles have to chase the dogs, and then the chaos and, the, and, and then holy hell breaks right. Exactly. Right? right? Because then somebody has a squeaky toy, and the last thing, <laughs> let me tell you, if you are elbow deep in somebody, the last thing you want to hear is squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> right, right. It just doesn't it close. Especially if the person you're asked uh, elbow into goes, <gasps> well, exactly. <laughs> squeak toy, they run. Oh, no. but, but I have noticed, even with the more kink events, that they are creating space for that. Sometimes yes. it's off to the side, but they are creating yeah. space for it so that, you know, if you come in and that's what you want, there is a time and a place. And, and I think and I think that's sort of the key is is to have this this space that's set aside to let people do what they want to do and be mm-hmm. who they want to be. And and I'll liken it to the sexual divides that we have. There are a lot of spaces where this is a men's space and this is a women's mm-hmm. space yep. and this is a mutual space. Because there are some men or some women who say, you know, I just can't get exactly where I need to be yeah. because because somebody has a vagina or somebody has a penis. And as, as silly as that sounds to some people, it's very real to some it's people. It's very real. And, yeah. and because of that, I think it's great to have the three spaces. I think puppies very similar concept. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a space where the puppies can be puppies without pissing off the people who are trying to have a, a humiliation scene or right. trying to have a, a great flogging scene or trying to have a sounding scene. You know, separate spaces might be necessary 
sometimes, mm -hmm. not all the time. Yeah. So, hmm. just to make it more beneficial to everybody around and more, yeah. Do you happy feel space. that at all because of your, as a title year, that part of your responsibility could be to evangelize to those kink events? Or does that not feel, or that has not been on your radar at all? It was on my radar on accident. Okay. I started doing it without realizing that I was doing it. Uh -huh. Because I came from sort of a more protocol background, I had um, a, a lot of apologetic uh, verbiage that I would use to try to preface what we're doing, why we're doing it, why it might not jive with everything that goes on in the leather community. And then it was sort of the same thing with the kink community, where I would start this sort of uh, apologetic to give everyone the, the foundation that we can all build on. And I think the foundation is there. But a, a big part of it has simply been, this just isn't your kink. Um, another example is something like humiliation play. Mm -hmm. Somebody who has come out of perhaps a horribly abusive background could not be in, a, in an area where there is humiliation play sure. because it, it triggers them into something else. The same thing is true with, with puppy. They can't be in the same space at the same time with some things because, and it's not that it's triggering somebody incorrectly, it's just breaking the scene for other people. Right. It's moving them in and out of their headspace. So, yeah, evangelizing, you know, across this kink community and the leather community of saying, you know, we're not that far apart. There's a lot of common ground here. We just need to build on that common ground a structure that works for everybody that wants to be in it. Very cool. One more question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Very generous with your time with us today. Um, you said you presented 47 weekends. So you've got plenty of extra time. How can people get a hold of you to fill in those other five weekends to have you come talk to them about puppy play? Um, probably the best way is uh, is my email. Okay. Uh, I, I have an email set up, which is um, sjstclair, S-T-C-L-A-I-R, the number one, uh, at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, that is the best way to do it. Uh, I'm booked 20 weekends next year, uh, hoping that that will be a little more because I'm going to give a shameless plug, and that Good. is I have uh, written a book on puppy play uh, called Bark that is, uh, if everything goes well, is going to hit the shelves on November 15th. So I plan on spending a lot of time next year out promoting the book, um, selling, signing, uh, doing that sort of thing, and hopefully that will pay off a little bit of my travels next year um, because I'm pretty sure that I'm keeping uh, Visa alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin, thank you very much, uh, and I will recommend that if any of our listeners are event producers, I went to your class earlier. Was, you have fantastic presentation skills. I actually wrote down your little graph about consent, <laughs> so I've had a full page full of notes. Um, and it's really neat to see somebody who is both passionate about something and well-spoken about it. So very much appreciate your time on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. This is what I love to do. Awesome. Now, about Talk. those fisting parties. <laughs>